Welcome to the Rosemont Baptist Church Podcast. Rosemont is a thriving group of believers who desire to connect with Jesus and His church, grow in our faith and understanding of God's Word, and serve Jesus here in our local area and around the world. We are located in LaGrange, Georgia at 3794 Hamilton Road and invite you to join us for either of our two services on Sunday mornings. Please visit our website at rosemontchurch.org for more information. And now we pray that God speaks to you in a personal way as you listen to this week's message from Pastor Adam Camp. Let me pray for us and we're going to begin this morning. Father, we thank you again for the opportunity to gather and to sing praises, uh, Lord, in just a few minutes to uh, partake together of the Lord's Supper. Uh, But Father, first, as we open the truth of your word, remind us of what we're doing. Help us to set aside all the distractions, Lord, there's a a thousand other things we could be doing or thinking about, and there'll be time for that later. But right now, Lord, help us to think about you, to be mindful of your word. Speak to us through your word clearly. Uh, Father, I pray that we would be challenged, convicted, and transformed more and more into the image of your son, Jesus Christ. It's in his name that we pray. Amen. Take your Bibles open to Psalm 96. Psalm chapter 96. It's Thanksgiving week. Uh, a week where we get to take a little time and relax, a time off from school, praise the Lord, right, for that? Yes, praise the Lord for that. A little time off of work, maybe, uh, time to eat some good food, spend some time with friends, uh, maybe get out of town, maybe do nothing, right? But this is a great week for us as we are just mindful of the things of this life to be thankful for. And there are a lot of good things, right? Family and health and uh, rest and, and good food. All those things are great blessings, but there's no greater blessing than having Jesus Christ in our life, right? There is no greater blessing. We won't fully understand that till eternity, but we see a glimpse of it in Scripture. We get a little piece uh, of the glory of the Lord in different parts of Scripture. And so as we've been studying through the book of Psalm, we've seen time and time again this idea of the majesty and the power of the Lord. Now, this is the last sermon I'm going to preach in the book of Psalm. We've seen a lot of things, right? We, we started and talked about the creation of the world Uh, We talked about the fall, sin entered the world. We talked about the idea of the need of repentance and redemption and a new creation, looking ahead to what the Lord would one day do in eternity future. But the theme that's really run throughout this study, the theme that runs throughout all of these Psalms is this idea that we have one purpose and that's to glorify and honor the Lord, right? That's our calling, And so we've seen it explained many different ways through many different examples. We are reminded constantly of his majesty and of his glory, and it should lead us to this place of praise. Now, here's what I want you to see this morning, right? This is important. It's easy for us to think these things, but we're going to see in Psalm 96 a call to action. So it's more than just thinking, Right, thinking is a great start. It should start with you thinking about and understanding and comprehending, but at some point, those thoughts need to lead to action, right? It's not enough just to think them. There are things that we should do in response to the glory and the majesty of the Lord. So let's jump right in this morning. Psalm 96, 
beginning in verse 1. And we're going to go through this pretty quickly because we've got the Lord's Supper that we're going to finish the service with. And so even as we're reading through and studying through this, you're preparing your heart. You're looking with anticipation to what the Lord is going to do in this text through the Lord's Supper, and in our lives beyond. Okay, Psalm 96, beginning in verse 1. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord, bless his name. Tell of his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous works among all the peoples. For great is the Lord and greatly to be praised He is to be feared above all gods. For the gods of the peoples are worthless idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and beauty are in his sanctuary. Let's stop there for a minute. I want to give you the first truth. Number one, it's a call for all the earth to praise the Lord. There's this calling in here. It's going to be to us individually, but it's a calling that we should let all of the earth praise the Lord. Now, each of the sections, right, when you you teach through passages of Scripture, it's important for us to see patterns. It's important for us to see repetition. And sometimes those words of repetition help us to divide the text into smaller, understandable chunks. And so one of the first repetitions we see in this psalm is the phrase, sing to the Lord. In fact, we see it three times in the first two verses, right? Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord and bless his name, right? We sing to the Lord because we love him and we want to honor him and bring him glory. Now, one writer said it like this. I thought it was very interesting. He said, plain words will serve for ordinary communications. But when the soul is deeply stirred, as it should be by the love of God, then song becomes a necessity, right? The song sometimes just gets into the depths of our souls. It touches us Deeply, And so we're reminded in this context to sing a song. But I want you to look at verse 1 because there's something important about it. If you'll pull verse 1 up for me. We're to sing to the Lord a what? What's the next word there? A new song. There's this idea, there's this mindset that the Lord is always at work. It's good for us to remember. It's good for us to think back. It's good for us to be blessed by the ways in which the Lord has provided for us. And I've even talked before about writing journals or doing things that remind us of his goodness. But there's always this mindset that the work, the Lord is at work constantly, always looking ahead, always doing something new. So Isaiah chapter 43, verse 18, remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Right, right. God can take the old, dead, dried up, whatever, and inject into it new life. Isn't that beautiful? New hope, a new song. And so we ask ourselves on a regular basis, what's the Lord doing you in me? Because it's easy to get mired in the past, isn't it? 
It's easy to think, man, I can't believe I acted like that. I can't believe I said that. I can't believe I used to think that way. Whatever that looks like, it's easy for us to kind of get bogged down back there. And the Lord wants to remind you right now, he's doing something new in your life. There's a new song right, bubbling up within you because of what he's doing, of how he's working, of all the great things that he's doing in your life. So we're looking ahead. We're constantly asking, Lord, I know you've blessed me in the past, but what do you want me to do today? What do you want me to do tomorrow? What new thing are you going to work in my life to bring honor and glory to your kingdom? And that's one of the reasons I love what we're doing with this Christmas thing, the one, right? We're telling the same. The story doesn't change. But the methods we're using, the, the mode we're using to tell it is new, right? We're trying something new. Why? Because we want to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. We want people to hear this truth, right? And the thing that I love about it is we're going to kind of tell the, the, the story that most people have never heard, right? The Old Testament story leading up to Jesus. The birth of Jesus wasn't some isolated event. It was the culmination of eternity past, right? The Lord had a plan from the beginning. And the New Testament, if you open your eyes, lays it out for us to see. So we're telling the same story. We're doing it in a new, fresh way to help people see it and to understand it, right? We're showing the glory and the majesty of the Lord. Right? We're singing this new song, but I want you to notice what it says in verse two, because there's something that's important for us here. Sing to the Lord a new song. Verse one, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Then verse two says, sing to the Lord, bless his name, tell of his salvation when you have a good day at work. Isn't that amazing? That whenever you have a good day at work, you're supposed to share the... That's not what it says. It doesn't say tell of his salvation when everything's good at home. Tell of his salvation when you're in a really good mood. Tell of his salvation when your spouse does what he or she's supposed to do, right? It doesn't say that. Tell of his salvation when your kids are behaving, right? Sometimes we kind of compartmentalize things, and as long as things are going the way we want them to and things are good, we're happy about the things of the Lord. But when they're not, we're not so excited, right? It's good to be reminded that we're supposed to tell of the salvation of the Lord from day to day. There's this constant, regular, ongoing praising the Lord. Every single day, he's singing a new song in my life. Every single day, I'm to proclaim his goodness. Every single day, I'm to share the salvation of the Lord to all that will hear, because I love what this passage of Scripture does, right? We've got this idea in verses 1 and 2 of singing to the Lord, singing to the Lord, blessing his name. And then into verse 2 says, tell of his salvation from day to day. Verse 3, declare his glory among the nations. So there's this idea of upward to the Lord. I'm singing, I'm praising, I'm blessing. Watch, which leads to, in verse 2, the end of verse 2, telling, verse 3, declaring. So there's this upward praise that leads to this outward declaration. Right? We're realizing the glory of the Lord. We're seeing his majesty. We're seeing it lived out in our lives. We're praising his name. We're blessing his name, which leads us to this place of telling and declaring his glory. Man, when things are good in our lives, when things are excited, exciting, when we're excited about things and we're passionate, we can't help but share the good news, right? We can't help but share the good things that are happening to us. That's just the way human nature works. We're reminded of this with the Lord Jesus Christ. Right? We're singing, we're blessing, blessing, we're reminded of what he's done, so we're telling, we're decreeing. But look who we're supposed to decree to. Among the nations, among all the peoples. All right, so there's this call for us as individuals to declare the glory of the Lord day after day to all the nations. 
Uh, there's this idea that we should be sharing on a regular basis the salvation and the goodness and all the ways in which the Lord is at work, right? So that's a big picture. Let's kind of bring it a little closer home. Look at verse 7. Ascribe to the Lord, O families of the peoples. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come into his courts. Worship the Lord in the splendor of holiness. Tremble before him all the earth. Right? So there's this grand call to the nations. There's this call to praise the Lord among all the earth, among all the peoples of the earth, number one. Now, number two, a call for families to praise the Lord. All right, so we've gone from big picture. We're going to tell the earth. We're going to tell the world. We're going to tell the nations, the peoples day after day. We're going to proclaim the glory and the majesty of the Lord. Now we're going to kind of bring this closer to home, set it at our doorsteps. There's this call for families to praise the Lord. Now we've already seen the, the, seen the threefold sing, right? Sing to the Lord, sing to the Lord, sing to the Lord. Now in verse 7 and 8, we see ascribe to the Lord three times, right? Ascribe, that just means give, right? Ascribe to the Lord, O families of the people. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name, right? So there's this idea here that we're going to bring glory, we're going to worship him, we're going to love him, but there's a very specific calling here in verse 7 to the families of the people, now, I've talked a lot about this in the past, and I talk about it on a pretty regular basis, but you should be mindful of this and remember this truth. The first thing that the Lord ordained on this earth, right, before he ordained governments, before he ordained churches, was to ordain the family. The family was first. And so that's, for me, why when I see the things that happen in our society, and it seems as if, and I know everybody's got a little bit of a different opinion, but it, it seems as if the traditional family, the man and the woman and the children, is kind of being attacked and dismantled slowly, but surely it's an attack of the enemy. Because if he can dismantle the family, everything else will follow. You can take that to the bank. It's been that way from the beginning. And so we see passages of scripture like Genesis chapter 12 when the Lord is speaking to Abram, right? Now the Lord said to Abram, go from your country, from your kindred, from your father's house to the land that I will show you, right? He's got this grand vision for Abram, Abraham eventually. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you, make your name great so that you will be a blessing. Watch in verse three. I will bless those, those who bless you and him who dishonors you, I will curse. And in you, Abraham, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Right? God's plan has always been through the families. And so we see Deuteronomy chapter 6. I've preached through this over the years. If you've been with us for a number of years, you've heard me probably preach some of this or talk through some of this. But Deuteronomy 6 is, kind of encapsulates what the family ought to look like. Hear, O Israel, beginning in verse 4, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down and when you rise up. You shall bind them as signs on your hand. They shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house 
and on your gates, right? There's this real clear picture scripturally that the idea of teaching Christ, modeling Christ, discipling Christ begins in the home. And so it's the responsibility of the parents, right? And it's not my responsibility for your kids. Did you know that? I got enough on my hands at my own house, amen, right? God's gonna hold me accountable for my family. He's gonna hold you accountable for yours, And so the writer of Psalm 96 wants us to understand, listen, the families should be praising the Lord. The families should be leading in worship. The families should be the foundation of everything else that we're going to do. And so that means moms and dads, we got to love the Lord with all of our heart, doesn't it? Brothers and sisters, we got to love the Lord with all of our heart. Grandmama, granddaddy, aunt, uncle, we got to love the Lord with all of our heart. Because I promise you one thing, if you parents don't care anything about the Lord, then neither will your kids. If the things of the Lord and the things of church and prayer and Bible study don't mean a whole lot to you, they're not going to mean a whole lot to your kids. And so, oh, families of the earth, ascribe to the Lord. Like, tell your kids of his goodness. Tell your kids of his glory. Tell your kids of his greatness, right? Verse 9, worship the Lord in the splendor of holiness, tremble before him all the earth. Like how often are we leading our families to worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness? How often are we trembling before him because of his majesty and his glory? So tell the earth, right? Tell the nations, ascribe his glory. Families are the foundation. It should happen with mom and dad first. It should happen with kids. It begins in the home. And even if you don't have children, right, the Lord's still speaking to you. What are you as a husband and wife doing? What are you as a single person doing? What are you as an empty nester doing? What are you as a grandmama or granddaddy doing? What are we doing within our homes to display the majesty of the Lord? Now let's wind this thing down. Verse 10, right? Say to the nations, there it is again, this big picture, the Lord reigns. Yes, the world is established. It shall never be moved. He will judge the people's with equity. Now we're going to get into the specifics of creation. Watch this. Let the heavens be glad. Let the earth rejoice. Let the sea roar and all that fills it. Verse 12. Let the field exult and everything in it. Then shall all the trees of the forest sing for joy before the Lord, for he comes, for he comes to judge the earth. He will judge the world in righteousness and the people's in his faithfulness. Here's the third thing. This is a call now for all of nature to praise the Lord. Watch, because of his judgment. There's a call here for all of nature to praise the Lord because of his judgment. Now we've gone from nations and peoples to families, to individuals, to mamas and daddies and children. Now we're getting to this idea we're covering everything else, right? The rest of creation. So we see in verse 11, the heavens are going to be glad. The earth is going to rejoice. The sea is going to roar and all that is in it, right? All the creatures of the deep, the fields, Everything that's in it, the trees of the forest are even going to sing, right? So there's this idea that we're going to praise and we're going to worship and we're going to be joyful. Why? Look at the end of verse 10. He will judge the peoples with equity. Verse 13, he comes to judge the earth. He will judge the world in righteousness and the peoples 
in his faithfulness. Now we're all about praising, man. He's the Lord. I love him. He's done great things. I want to worship him, praise the Lord. And then we get to this idea about judgment. And we're like, like, that's the part we don't want to think about. And if the Lord had asked Adam to write it, Adam would have written it differently. But Adam didn't write it, praise the Lord. And so we come to passages of Scripture like this that, that we may not necessarily like or may not be super comfortable to us. It doesn't mean it's not true. And so there's this, there's this built into this fabric that he's a good God, he's the creator, he blesses us, but he judges. Right? And sin leads to death. We need to be mindful of that. We need to understand that when we sweep it under the rug and we think it's not a big deal, that doesn't mean that the Lord doesn't think it's a big deal because he does. There's this clear picture scripturally, right, that the Lord has created and all of the earth is going to cry out, the rocks are going to sing out, the trees, the creatures of the deep, right, the nations will praise his name. There's this beautiful picture. But because of our sins, we have separated ourselves from the Lord. And it doesn't matter how good you are, doesn't matter how nice you are, how much you've given, how often you come to church, all those things. I've said this hundreds of times before. I hopefully will say it hundreds of times before. None of those things matter. It's all about repenting of your sins, placing your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, period. If you haven't done that, none of this other stuff matters. And if you think the Lord's just gonna overlook you because you're a nice guy, be reminded of his judgment. You say, what do I do with that? I'm, I get it. I'm, I'm, I'm tracking along with you until we get to this last point. Now I'm a little concerned what I do. A couple things. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, right, you say, I've done that, man. I'm confident in my salvation. I prayed years ago. I'm living for Jesus. I want to serve him. Then you need to constantly be reminded of the Lord's work in your life. You need to constantly be reminded of the importance of repentance on a regular basis. You should cleanse your heart and your life every single day. Lord, forgive me for what I did here. Forgive me, Father, for that thought I had or for the way I treated that person or the thing that I said. Right? If you're a follower of Jesus, that should be the way you live your life, always falling down in repentance before Christ. If you're not a follower of Jesus, if you've never put your faith and trust in him, then this is the day where you repent of your sins, you turn from the things of the world, and you put your full faith and trust in Jesus Christ. He's the only way. Now, we're going to come to this place here in just a few moments where we're going to remember what Jesus did. We're going to do the Lord's Supper. It's a time for you to remember. I hope you've already kind of been preparing, been thinking, getting your mind right a little bit. I'm going to lead us in a time of prayer. Then we're going to have an invitation. Then I'll give you some instructions of exactly what the Lord's Supper is and how we can take of it together. So, Father, we thank you for what you've shown us in the book of Psalms. There's so much, but it's all about your majesty and your glory and your holiness, Father. We thank you for what you've shown us, Lord, for what you've given us. We thank you for what Jesus Christ has done for us. And so I pray we'd be mindful of this call to share the glory and the good news with the nations, of this call, Father, to share the glory and the good news within our families, and this remembering, Father, of what Jesus did, that even though you judge us for our sins, there is always repentance and there's always hope 
found in Jesus Christ. Father, may this be a time where we prepare our hearts, Father, where we repent of our sins. May you be honored by the things that we think and the things that we say and the things that we do. And we'll give you all the praise and the honor and the glory. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.